Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch, because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And uh, guess what, Michael? What? This is a very special episode again? once again. Again? Because this episode is our doom. Um, but also, we've got a guest this episode. Oh, that too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have a good friend, friend of the podcast, Andrew Hallelver joins. Andrew, hello. Hello, all. How are you hey, doing hey. today? Uh, fabulous. Considering wow. I just watched a rather interesting episode of Baywatch. I thought you were going to say something else. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I watched an interesting episode of literally anything else. Oh, that's unfair to Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to let you know that today is a very good day for me personally. Because oh. I conquered a fear of mine. Oh. Yeah. I found a spider in the toilet bowl. And I only freaked out for three seconds. Wow. Yeah, I'm really proud of myself. And then I just flushed I mean, it and was like, go the fuck away. And uh, it was pretty fun. That's pretty impressive. Like, I, you know, I don't love spiders, but I don't get super freaked out by them. But I don't want I don't want living things in my toilet. Well, yeah, like, look, I don't. That I, feels bad. I'm glad I noticed it first because I like I don't want to sit down and have it like crawl up my peen. You know, like that's just. Yeah, that's just so weird. Uh, but as you know, on this podcast, like I have killed spiders on this podcast before. It's true. I have a vendetta against them. But you know what? I don't have a vendetta against our guests. What, Michael? I, <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you do not have a vendetta against our guest because that would make for a really weird episode. Andrew, uh, tell us about your experience with Baywatch. Have you watched it before? And what version did you watch? My experience with Baywatch is pretty much like a lot of people in our generation, which was through the pop culture a lot of the time. So I never really watched Baywatch growing up because I was literally only recently like a child around that time. Like I was only like one or two years old. The episode we watched today or recently is like only when I was three years old. So this is my first time watching it. I watched the movie in 2017 and that's about the only experience I've had with it. That and the SpongeBob movie. Interesting. Yeah. What, yeah. what drove you to watch the movie? I had peer pressure, just pure pressure. <laughs> that was it. Not from me, not from you. Other people. Uh, wait, but I thought we were talking about point doom this episode. We are. Because peer pressure was in episode two episodes ago, it was a it was a dumb call. I got that joke. Let's move on. <laughs> it was a good joke. If you're someone who's been here on this podcast, we're two men. I, I got <laughs> the joke. Watch before. <laughs> um, what did you think of the 2017 movie? Uh, it was just as hokey as I was expecting it to be, and that's all I was going in expecting. Horrible, bad, good, great? Uh, I'd say for a movie with a rock in it, about average, good, bad. It had some good, fun parts to it, but the rest was, ugh. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. I think we have something to maybe look forward to whenever we decide to 
you know, do that movie. Uh, yeah, which, I think. Yeah, I think I just realized. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Michael. I know I haven't. I've never seen it. No. Oh, all right. Cool, cool. Yeah. No, like I, I literally had watched like other than the faintest of parts, you know, going through channels. I had never watched Baywatch before. So like I, all I right. still have never watched Baywatch before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just winging it. Um, yeah. Speaking of winging it, this episode mm-hmm. is Baywatch season three, episode seven, Point Doom. And it was written by Daniel Peterson and David Trim. Uh, Daniel Peterson has done, like, nothing of note. And David Mm. Trim has done even less of anything of note. In fact, writing this episode is his top credit. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Yeah. This is an odd writing team because they wouldn't really do much otherwise. But our director is St. Gregory J. Bonan, Bonin, (laughs) whatever you pronounce his name. Our mm-hmm. all holy Baywatch saint, uh, and this episode was aired October twenty sixth, nineteen ninety two. Now let's talk Ooh. about some guest stars. A very a very spooky time for an episode named Point Doom. Ooh, I, I wish this episode were more Halloween like. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, there's not that much spooky. Um, it does teach us some spooky safety lessons, though. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, so first up, we have Michael Nichols, who plays Hudson. So you may know him for acting in, writing, and directing a movie called Holly Star. Now, Andrew and Morgan, what do you think the plot of Holly Star is? Uh, you tell me. I have absolutely not a clue. Oh, but I want I'm going to guess it's a Christmas movie. Good guess. Andrew, what about you? Say the name again. Holly Star. Like Hollywood, without the wood, space, star. Uh, Up and coming star trying to find their way into Hollywood? Great guess. You're both wrong. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to start. First three words, you're going to be like, oh, what? A broke puppeteer returns oh. home for the holidays and gets caught up. In a treasure hunt with what? Big her heart? paintball-obsessed pe- best friend, her tango-dancing grandmother, and a childhood what? sweetheart. <laughs> huh. <laughs> and this isn't an elaborate SNL sketch. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. It should um, You may yeah. also know Michael Nichols from Wayne's World 2, where he plays Jim Morrison. yes. That Jim Morrison from The Doors. Um, huh. I guess I could see it. Like, he has long brown hair, um, and that's it. Yeah. He's tall. Yeah, I guess. I, this this particular performance did not make me especially think Jim Morrison, but well, you know, maybe, maybe he does a better job in that movie that I saw once, like, a decade ago. Would you, uh, would you have thought maybe be, that'd be different if uh, Hudson instead got on his bike and then pulled out a guitar? Absolutely. That would be amazing. Uh, Andrew, how many times have you gone on your bike and pulled out a guitar? Every time. Okay. So, <laughs> the reason, one of the reasons I asked Andrew for this episode is because both Andrew and Morgan own motorcycles, and that's 
when I say one of the reasons, I mean the only reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I typecast people like John is our gambling guy, uh, mm-hmm. and you're the motorcycle guy. Um, that's all I'm known for in the many, many years I've known Michael is just, I ride a motorcycle. Yeah. And of course, Morgan, Jamie is our good episode person. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, we have Ray Hollett, who plays Tina in this episode. Tina is the woman that Guido is massaging. And mm. you may know her as playing Zap in 109 episodes of American Gladiator. Ah, um, uh, yes, of course. American Gladiator was a popular show. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they did a reboot of American Gladiator, um, all based around uh, that one gif of Gina Carano biting her lip uh, that made her popular again, because uh, she was in MMA, and then she, you know, that gif, people were like, oh, wow, she's hot. And then they were like, we're going to put her in American Gladiators. So they rebooted it. So now I think they're going to reboot it a third time. They announced yesterday because the WWE gave them money. So they're now they're going to reboot American Gladiator for a third time. Ah. Uh, Do you know what American Gladiator is? Not at all. Oh, uh, it's basically a bunch of really fit people who do, like, stunt battles against each other. And they do, like, things where it's like we have like, these batons and we try to push each other off of, like, a pillar. Think, like, American Ninja Warrior kind of, like, you know, weird sports stuff. Uh, mm. And that's American Gladiator. Oh, so it's like a reality show. It's not like a scripted thing. It's not It's not a reality show. It's a competition show. But yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, you may also know her from Cyborg 3, The Recycler. Uh, of course. I mean, I don't, but I want to. Yeah. Now, Cyborg 1 starred Jean-Claude Van Damme in a movie where a martial artist hunts a killer in a plague-infested urban dump of the future. Great. Hell yeah. Cyborg 2 is two companies battle for cyborg domination. One's built a cyborg slash Angelina Jolie. That's what they (laughs) say in the IMDb description. So human that they hope she'll get into the competition's HQ and explode. But she escapes with her human martial arts instructor. And Cyborg 3 is nobody famous is in this movie. And now this female cyborg is pregarnant pregnant ah that's the plot huh (laughs) yeah um kind of probably the worst one of those three now also she was in another uh what threequel um (laughs) she was a female boxer and penitentiary three have you heard of Mm. penitentiary no uh andrew can you guess for me what the plot of penitentiary is I want to say it has something to do with the psych ward. Am I close? Mm, no, but like, it, <laughs> uh, yeah, expand out a little bit. Uh, honestly, that's all I got. That's all I can get out of penitentiary. <laughs> that's Morgan, all I got. What about you? Um, I'm gonna say that it is a prequel to Orange Is the New Black. You wouldn't be completely far off. <laughs> I mean, with a name like Penitentiary, I would assume that it's at least prison-related. Correct. Now, can you guess what's special about this prison? Or this story? Uh, it's set in the future. No. So, uh, yeah. I looked up the first two. 
uh, in the first one, uh, a guy ends up going to prison and joins the boxing team, and he just ah. trains to be the the strongest guy there and beat up like the gang who's like abusing his friends in the prison. And that's that's penitentiary one, and it's apparently like semi well enjoyed. Okay, number two, as he's on parole. And he takes up boxing again when someone from the prison escapes and kills his girlfriend. Okay. Makes sense. Now, number three, um, one reviewer titled their review of Penitentiary 3 as a worthy companion piece for Raging Bull if Raging Bull were directed by Ed Wood. (laughs) Uh, I have seen people describe this as one of the best, worst movies of all time. Um, And the most random gonzo nonsensical plot possible hell yeah um number three is a man is framed for murder and then sent to prison he is beaten and tortured then forced to fight the prison's worst killer a martial arts fighting little person named thud oh that sounds like it's gonna be bad yeah it's apparently hilarious um and the reason why i said you're not far off from orange is the new black is because Apparently in this, it's an all-men's prison, but all women in the film are played by trans people or something. It's very weird. Interesting. (laughs) Very weird. Um, We have to watch it. We have to watch it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that one. Now, our last guest actor is Jennifer Campbell, who plays Jesse. Jesse Majors in this. Um, Fun fact... She will go on to be sort of a main character, um, but not as Jesse. Uh, Jennifer Campbell will. You see, there's a main character later on in the show that will be played by three different actors, and she will be the last one to play them in season nine. So huh. the, the actress becomes a main character, but not this character. This character will come back, but uh, anyways... You may know her from our favorite TV show about a jazz musician who gets superpowers, Nightman. And <laughs> she plays a character called Nightwoman. Uh, and I thought oh, that'd be God. funny. Uh, now, also, <laughs> she was in a 1995 short movie called Ding Dong. Andrew, can you guess the plot to Ding Dong? Considering my track record and guessing all the movies that you said to me so far, probably not. But if I would guess, it sounds like it sounds like a Christmas movie. You are very far off. More I figured. What about you? Does is it about someone's ding dong getting ripped off? Uh, no, it's actually the kind of the opposite. The opposite. How is that possible? What? <laughs> Do you want to take another guess? Uh, is it a is it a sequel to a, a porn parody of Baywatch? No, but that would be great, right? Yeah. I mean, I thought porn parodies only existed on X videos, but I've now learned, apparently, according to Morgan, they're just feature releases. Um, <laughs> no, here's the plot to Ding Dong. Door-to-door makeovers, madness, murder. Ding Dong is the story of two women in love. They are successful, popular, and beautiful. Now, Morgan, here's the part where I need you to, to not comment until I'm done. Just 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 because. Just hold on. Okay. They have one fatal flaw. Like most lesbians these days. Hmm. They are serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> like most lesbians. 
um, also, this movie has Bob Hoskins playing himself, uh, <laughs> which is very weird. Uh, huh. Which is especially funny after the whole uh, Mario casting that came out. Um, with, oh, God. Again, I cannot stop laughing over that. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. Like, it's galaxy brain level shit. Yeah. It's a fever dream. We're in a simulation. That's it. We, We're in a simulation. We are in a simulation. Absolutely. I, Between this and learning that Idris Elba will be playing Knuckles in Sonic 2. Yep. I, I just don't know what to think anymore. Right. And it's almost kind of comforting because I just understand now that me and the world are on the same level. And I guess that's nice, but I don't know if it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's great casting um, because it means it's either going to ruin his career completely or it's going to be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, or possibly that, both. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Which is why I want the Mario movie to bomb so it fucks up Chris Pratt's career. Because uh, yes. it won't yes. ever fuck up, like, Seth Rogen's career. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. Right it could fuck up Keegan-Michael Key's career, which I don't want. But eh, I feel like at this point, like, he's got enough, like comedy prestige that something dumb like this isn't going to do anything to his career. Okay, fair. Uh, it might fuck up Anna Taylor-Joy's career, because uh, she's young. Um, yeah. Yeah. Though, uh, I, I am curious. I don't know if you if you know anything about her. Uh, she's a good actress, uh, but she's... Uh, I find her very funny. Uh, mm. Because, so, she's like... Uh, like her mother is, I think, half Colombian. So there are all these things about people being like, um, wow, Anna Taylor Joy standing up for all the Hispanic rights today. And she's like, guys, I'm like one fourth. Like, come on. <laughs> Have you seen my skin tone? Like, I'm so fucking pasty. And I'm like, OK, OK, I enjoy this person. They're funny. Um, yeah. So I I'm excited for that. I'm not excited for Fred Armson as Cranky Kong because I can't I can't understand that. Like I don't get that. Like how yeah. how does that work? But Jack like, Black as Bowser makes sense to you. Yeah, well and it more sense, <laughs> I guess. I will say I think the only piece of casting that actually is just fucking spot on Charlie Day is Luigi. Like one hundred percent. Oh god. Oh so god. That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> like, that's actually the funniest one. To me, I would like. I could have like people. There were all these tweets of people like, oh yeah, like two years ago, being like, oh fuck it, they'll make like Chris Pratt Mario, and it's like, okay, yeah, sure. yeah. But no one, no one ever would have predicted. Yeah, Luigi is Charlie Day. Yes, <laughs> but also it makes sense. It kind of does. Total sense. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, I was hoping for someone like taller, uh, you know, cause he's the tall one. Mm -hmm. Is it supposed to be live action? I don't know. It's actually no animated. It's animated. It, they're it's all okay. voice acting. They're all voice acting it. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. Then they should have gone really wild with it. They should have gone like celebrity impersonators 
or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But like, Charlie Day as Luigi isn't wild enough for you? Okay. Yeah. New idea. New idea. Okay, Chris yes. Pratt, right? Eh, not really? great. But what if they got LeBron to be Mario? <laughs> <laughs> Give him a chance to redeem himself. Well, so, you see, Andrew and I watched Space Jam 2 uh, a few weeks ago, and it's it's bad, but I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is. Andrew? Oh, I so disagree. Andrew, thoughts? Oh, it's as bad as everybody says it is. I don't Fuck know where we're getting stuck. <laughs> I don't know where you got this idea where I thought it was good. I thought it was bad. No, I never, I never said that it was good. I just said it's not as bad as everyone says it is. I, uh, okay. You can die on that hill alone if you really think so. No, but I'm not saying it's the worst movie ever. And you and I agreed the room is way worse. But the room is, but but here we got to take the, a little context to this. The room is enjoyably bad. This was not enjoyably was, bad. Yes, <laughs> thank you. It was just like average at times, and the room is never average at any point. Lola There's, Bunny and LeBron James were undressing each other with their eyes. Okay, they to- were totally doing that. It was awkward. It felt weird. That was look, that's my take on that. Sometimes you can't escape competition, and they're competing with you. <laughs> They're not. I mean, they're on the same team. Look, I will defend this to my grave. And look, I know everyone's going to make fun of me for it, but you can all fuck off. Like, you're not (laughs) my real real friends are Looney Tunes. (laughs) Now, come on, bugs. Let's go rob that bank. Fake Space Jam 2 for my real friends. Real Space Jam 2 for my fake friends. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, so we've already got off the deep end here 20 minutes in. Um, mm-hmm. Morgan, uh, take us take us into this episode. Yes, let's do it. We start off with some motorcycles. Uh, and specifically, we've got Jessie on the side of the road with her Honda NT650 Hawk GT. Uh, That's looking called, like... Is that what it is? That, that is what her bike is, yes. Andrew, is that what uh, it is? That's 100% what it is. Fuck y'all. I copied this off of Internet Movies, Internet Movie Car Database, uh, which is a good website. Is that, okay, so which one of the car wikis did we say is the wiki feed of cars? (laughs) Well, as far as I know, that's the only one. No, you said there's like Hubcapopedia or something. Oh, no, that was what I made up. What? As part of the bit. Wait, that was a bit? Yes. What? You never, <laughs> you never like said, ha like this is a bit. You were completely serious the whole time. It was a ruse. What? Did John know? I have to ask John I now. I'd be like, did, did you know Morgan was joking? There's, what? There, yeah, no, there is not a uh, fetish site that catalogs no, our head hubcaps. No, we never said it was a fetish <laughs> site. You just said it was another database. Yeah, no, I, I, that was entirely a bit. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well now my life is crumbling right before me. Uh, I don't know which way is up, which is down. Oh shit, that's funny. What? Um, <laughs> So there isn't a wiki feed of cars? 
There is not. Like they, they ain't raiding their little wheelies and going, mm, not enough toe on this. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes there is not enough toe, and then you got to adjust your camber, and then it's all good again. Okay. Um, is this a bit? It, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's safe to assume that anything I say on this podcast is a bit. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I've only been here for um, about 15 minutes. So I already know all of it's a bit for <laughs> Morgan. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yes, uh, Jesse looks like she's attempting to like fix her bike when Matt shows up on some sort of cruiser. I, I wasn't sure exactly what it was. Uh, I don't know if you have that, Andrew. I do. Uh, so Matt's riding a Yamaha XV750 Virago. With, Ooh, nice. With Harley Davidson noise. Yeah. Did you catch on to that? Like, it's got the... I did notice that. Yes, it has the V-twin Harley Davidson noise to it, which really threw yeah. me off because that's what I ride. Oh, gotcha. So... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a cruiser bike. It, would it be expensive? No. Okay, no. well, that's dumb, because Matt is rich as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a Harley, then it would have made total sense, because those are outrageously overpriced. Sure, sure. Yeah. But you're saying this is like a cheapo bike. Yes. It's, um, I don't know how much you know about the Yamahas, uh, their Morgan, but basically this was the bike... Uh, the lesser bike before they came out with the V-Stars for Yamaha mm. before they came out for over a thousand cc's. So this was like their entry gotcha. level for it. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't know older stuff too, too well. Like, I know modern stuff decently well, but yeah, no, don't know the older stuff. Okay, gotcha. But after after the two of them uh, meet and flirt for a little bit. Uh, they ride onto a closed so road wait, wait, to Point so wait, Doom. So, wait, so mm -hmm. they're, they're talking, and is, this is very weird. This confused me the first time I watched this. Um, because So Matt offers to help her with her bike, and she says, my bike isn't the thing I need help with. Is she talking about sex? I'm pretty sure, yes. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. Now I'm not sure what I'm sure about, because I didn't <laughs> know that thing was a bit. So now I don't know... Even what part of the TV? Sh I don't know anymore. Okay, that's fair. Was that's that fair. even a spider in the toilet bowl? I don't fucking know. I mean, it moved, <laughs> but so I assume it was a spider. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Yeah, um, but you know what's not being lost? Uh, it's the race between Jesse and Matt because uh, they're racing down this abandoned, closed-off road and. I, I'm again, I don't know older bikes that well. It felt pretty wild to me that he was able to keep up with her at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the, the Hawk's a pretty fast sports bike. And I, like he's on a cruiser. Like there's no way he's taking those turns as fast as she is. Well, so she was going slow because it, it's a sex thing. And he she, <laughs> it's not like a race thing. It's it's tantric motorcycling. Yeah, sure, whatever. It's the, it's 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 two wheeled foreplay. Okay, that's all it is. Ooh, there's two numbers in that sentence. <laughs> yeah, and there's two bikes, so two bikes times two wheels is is foreplay. Oh, ooh, 
<laughs> wow, I didn't know this was a math podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why there's so many bits. Because we got to keep track of all the numbers. Oh. I, I <laughs> don't think that makes sense, but okay. <laughs> um, but they uh, both go into a dirt patch and almost eat it, it looks like. And... But she gets ahead of him and sprays mud on his helmet and in his face and then drives away. But then we cut over to Stephanie and she's been training for a race, but doesn't think she's actually going to do it. And Garner's like, but but why? Uh, And she's like, because here are my times that you should tell Mitch. Uh, She doesn't in in this scene, at least answer why she doesn't want to do this. Here are the times. Andrew, could you please? Please read these times here in the chat. You want me to read this, what you just sent me? Yeah. Oh, why did I say it like that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do with this, to be honest. Uh, did the beach run in 29 seconds, swim under five minutes, and with the paddleboard, my time was just under 15 minutes. Yeah, and that's repeated a lot. Like, they keep on, like, waving that 15 minutes in our faces throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, it doesn't mean anything to us, but it's nope. just like, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. They do mention that this is faster than any of Mitch's personal bests. Which, i like, sure. Mitch is like 40, <laughs> so, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to top this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we uh, circle then, back to his uh, like time later in the episode. I think, right? Yeah, no, think, they do. Yeah, times. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, because they keep on being like, you know, this is the motivation for Mitch to literally do anything. This episode is to go sub fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then CJ shows up and uh, asks what Garner and Stephanie are laughing about, uh, and then we. And then Stephanie's like, Mitch always used to... Oh, no, that's later in the episode. Right. What? Um, yeah, never mind. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, but speaking then, of which, side tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this is a very, very side tangent. Last End of last season of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, they fired the host because he made some, like, uh, shitty statements. Uh, there was a mm-hmm. bunch of, like racial tension because um the woman who got picked by the bachelor uh, had like in two or three years prior attended an antebellum party and the bachelor is black um, mm-hmm. and so they're like fuck and he just finds out about that and he's like well that fucking sucks and the host goes well you need to like give her time you gotta they're like that fucking sucks so yeah so now they're doing like guest hosts and so for Bachelor in Paradise, which is like their third show where they get all the losers together and put them on a beach and are like, OK, now you losers go find love. They had uh, they started off with. Uh, um, my God, why can't I remember his name? Uh, David, uh, the one who was in like episode three of Baywatch. Uh, uh, I have no idea. Spade, David Spade. They had David oh. Spade. Then they had Lance Bass. Then they had uh, the guy who's in uh, Kimmy Schmidt, who plays her best friend, and I can't remember his name. Oh, Titus Burgess? Yes. But now 
they have their final guest host, which is Lil John. What? And what? It's just Lil John. What he like? Uh, he like flips uh, a Humvee, which is fucking great. Uh, he's just there being like, "Okay, now all of y'all need to really think about what's in your heart." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really great. And then at one point. He's like, yo, from the beaches to the sand. <laughs> oh. oh, no. And you can tell, like, he watches the show and loves the show, because this is not the first time he's been on the show. Uh, he's oh. on, like, two or three times before uh, to be like, yo, I got a date for you. But this time he's like, I want you all to find love, and I'm very invested in your journeys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good and so i i'm like bringing back doing little john impersonations which no one has done for like you know a decade but they're funny yeah. again to me it's basically the my oh, wife shit. of, of yeah. the bachelor and so oh, i might shit. accidentally start doing that in the episodes so just be warned <laughs> i literally only broke that habit like two years ago oh nice. so which one? My wife or okay? No, no, doing little John impressions. We should bring it back. It's cool again. Okay. <laughs> My little John impression is just god awful, so. Oh, same. <laughs> oh, God. You uh, sounds like you may have wanted to say something. About the I motorcycle. did. Okay, so I don't know if mm-hmm. you noticed this, Morgan, but did mm-hmm. the did the writing in this episode make you extremely uncomfortable? Just the way they were riding their motorcycles. Uh, I didn't notice it specifically, honestly. Um, but I also don't pay full attention to these episodes. If I'm being honest, a lot of <laughs> the time. You. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so scenes like that where I know it's just going to be a lot of uh, background action footage, I, I often check my phone. Oh, I do. okay, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I was too. I, even though I was writing notes like crazy during this whole thing, mm-hmm. I was looking at my phone quite a bit too. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious what about this writing? So uh, if you remember from like writing class, you have to use the bicycle or the bikes. Uh, handlebars to help it turn you don't use your Mm -hmm. body for it all throughout this episode they are throwing their bodies across the bike to get it to turn and it just looks extremely awkward and really forced to the point where i kind of felt nauseous watching it oh interesting yeah yeah no i didn't i didn't notice that it did like, so I, I watch a bit of MotoGP here and there, and it looked very MotoGP to me, like, in terms of that just, like, really and truly, like, getting, you know, parallel to the ground. Um, but I suppose it's also different when you're, you know, a trained MotoGP rider wearing MotoGP safety gear, as opposed to just a very thin latex suit on a dirt, on a, like, you know, paved road. Oh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah there was there was not a lot of at gat going on in this episode no there was not <laughs> uh, but i get what you're saying with the moto gp but 
you really will lean off the bike when you are actually going to be scraping your pegs or your knee on the ground. They were nowhere near close to anywhere of that, oh, so yeah. they're just throwing their bodies <laughs> left and right off the bike. And I thought they were going to throw, I a either throw themselves off or like unstabilize the bike. I felt really uncomfortable watching it. As well yeah. as the wheelies were really terrible to watch, too. Oh, no, they were definitely trying to do a thing where they were like, look, this is how we're generating a sensation of speed by, you know, making it seem like we can't keep the front wheel down. But they were clearly going like 30. So <laughs> definitely. Um, and then to the at gat wearing yoga pants or skin tight whatever that was that is not at get that is you're going to be no. scraping everything off your body if you fall yeah. Mm. oh yeah Hot. it was it was awkward yeah <laughs> and it's we even see later on it's not like she's wearing padding under it she's wearing a bikini underneath it but we'll we'll get to that later i got thoughts on that too don't worry i got thoughts on that too it looked so fucking uncomfortable oh so um, uncomfortable i don't no i can't you know, yeah you know what else is uncomfortable what what morgan please read these lines okay oh oh no, oh, no. we're we're oh god yeah you know, my darling. You know, oh, fuck, you I, hang on. In the Guido? I gotta, I, I gotta do the accent. Okay. You know, my darling, a body such as yours is a temple to be worshipped. This is not so much a pleasure for me as it is a religious experience. <laughs> I'll, I'll do Stretch. This. I'll do this. Oh, thank line. you. Stretch my... <laughs> I'm struggling. Okay, wait. Let me try this again. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it if you want me to. Yeah, I know what it, I know what the part of the body is he's talking about because we talked oh. about it in health class. Okay, wait. No, I I I need to say it. Okay, go for okay. it. I'm, I'm gonna let you have it. I'm gonna let you I have it. To, I need to rise up and do it. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Stretch my gastronemius, please. Oh well, certainly. And where is it? You're massaging it. Oh, yes, of course. And it's a so tight and compact. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we get our, our Guido storyline this episode. Yep. Which, um, <sighs> look, I, I hate Guido and I love Guido. Um, yes. Like, I love Guido, of, but this storyline sucks. All of this dialogue, by the way, is happening while Guido is rubbing oil into a woman. Um... So that's cool and fun. Oh, fun. Um, you want to hear something very fun? Yes, please. So, you know, part of the the point of the scene is he's he's rubbing oil on this woman and then her boyfriend comes over and and he's mm-hmm. like, "Ah, why are you doing this?" Um her boyfriend's top credit, the actor, is that he was in American History X with Edward Norton and he played really? a character called Tall Aryan Man. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, Guido keeps on saying he's a guy with an avocado haircut, and I was like, "What?" Yes, like you mean like a mohawk or something? Like what? I have no idea. I don't know what you mean by avocado haircut. Now I wonder. I thought he was saying he had an avocado head, not an avocado oh, haircut. I thought he, I thought it was avocado head is what he was saying. Okay. I I thought I heard avocado haircut, but I I could be wrong on this. Well. 
It just so happens I have the transcript of the episode here. All and right. I can look. He has receipts. He says, with a haircut, like a sliced avocado. Okay. Now, well, the real question is, can he make a guacamole with it? <laughs> uh, also, I'm curious, maybe this was just the version I was watching. Was the sound in this scene, like, noticeably terrible compared to the, like, sound in every other scene? No, yes. I, think that's I, I did notice that, actually. Oh, okay, so cool. Which version did you watch, Andrew? Uh, I believe it might have been... Did you watch the one on Hulu? Or I think watch I, I watched the Hulu one? one. I think I watched the Hulu one. Okay, so oh, interesting. you watched the remaster. I don't remember the sound being worse. Morgan watched the the this, the first remaster, which is like the 2001 shitty 480p version of so 480p. I must have been watching a later remaster, because the only song from this episode that I could find didn't come out until 2008, I think. So, I don't know when the fuck this version came out. You really need to send me all these Daily Motion ones. You find some weird ones. <laughs> you always find it's just like, yeah, I found the one where, like, all, like, it's the dialogue, but everything's, like, pitch shifted up, like, 17%. And it's yeah. the only one. And I'm like, Morgan, there's 40 <laughs> other different ones on Daily Motion. You're like, I spent three seconds looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if this wasn't like this, you weren't like, well, something's off here. I should check this out. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that was the reason I didn't watch that version because it was pitch shifted up an octave and everyone sounded like they were on helium. It was very funny for the first like minute, but then it got really annoying because the music was also pitch shifted oh, no, that's up. That's amazing. That You're going to need to send me this because it would make it so much more healthier watching this episode. episode. Was oh, it was for a different episode? Oh, I got to yeah, see it for this, was, this one. Uh, I think it was the first episode of this season. Ah. Um, but I can send you the link if you want. Please. I would love to. All right. It's um, Yeah. Anyways, Guido. So so the boyfriend chases Guido. So then Guido hides out in one of the towers uh, and CJ comes up. And by the way, he's in like this yellow sleeveless top in the most 90s dentist office shorts. And, God, yeah. Um, CJ is like, why are you doing any of this? And Guido just has to be Guido. And I kind of love that part. Like if it weren't for the rest of the storyline, I would be like, yes, give me more of this. But the rest of the storyline exists. So I'm like, eh. Yeah. It, it just felt like filler, his entire storyline. What? And filler if it were, in <laughs> How dare you? If it were anyone but Buzz Belmondo, I would have hated it so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we get to see Mitch running over to the shower and Garner says that he is still slower than Stephanie's fake times because he's really into this. Um, and then Matt shows up and tells Garner and Mitch about his brand new motorcycle woman that he met on point two. (laughs) Brand new motorcycle woman he found on point two. Great sentence. (laughs) Thank you. Uh... I came up with it myself in my brain. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, and then we get a scene where CJ and Stephanie whoa, 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 are talking. Whoa, 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 before that. Uh, okay. I have Not something that. to say about this about this scene about Mitch. Oh, sure. Uh, Andrew, you go first. His, his war cry as he runs away 
is <laughs> is wonderful. It might be later in the episode. I I might be mixing up which uh, scene it is, but David Hasselhoff's like war cry as he runs off to try and beat Summer's time is incredible. I thought he was going to scare the piss out of the women out in the background that he was running towards. It was, I think, yeah. It's so good. You should insert that audio file I sent you a while back of David Hasselhoff just shouting, it's unbelievable, and just put that sure. there. Uh, <laughs> note to future Morgan. Um, so uh, what happens here is uh, Matt is telling them about Point Doom, uh, and so there's whole fuss is that Point Doom is closed. It's a death trap. and. Mm-hmm. They're worried because people have started racing on Point Doom. Now, mind you, it's Point D-U-M-E, but people have spray-painted D-O-O-M because it's a death trap. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, But Matt is like, I'm not racing, but I am also very impressed with this woman and how she handles a bike. So this is setting up that, oh, there's probably going to be some more racing on Point Doom. Sure is. So quick question, quick question. This this whole thing takes place at Malibu, correct? Yes. Apparently, Point Doom, D-U-M-E, is an actual place there in Malibu. Oh. It wasn't a made-up area. It was, it's, it's real. Huh. Yeah, they tend to do that a lot on this show where, I mean, they actually are using real places in Malibu. Um, I just, they, they, yeah, they do that a lot. I... Yeah, I was not expecting that, to be honest. I thought they were going to go with a made-up place, but no. I'm actually really impressed with that little bit. Yeah, it looked like good riding, so maybe if I'm ever down in uh, California. Oh, definitely. But I think if you look at Google Maps, it's through all just residential area now. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be as fun as you think it is. No, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, I've got it up on the map, and... uh yeah, maybe not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Morgan, what do you ride? I didn't ask that yet. Oh, yeah, I've got a Ninja 300. Oh, okay, yeah. That's a great bike. Yeah. Which, no, it's fun. Yeah, I would love to actually give it something like that a try, to be honest. But Yeah, totally. We'll have to, we'll have to hang out and ride sometime. Absolutely, if I can get my bike out of the garage. It's been sitting there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. We just need to nah, move I... shit. What? You need to move some shit in your garage. Oh, I know I do. I have so much shit. I need to move. <laughs> That's my point. It's like you can't literally can't get it out of there because there's so much shit. I know. <laughs> the issues of owning a house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get a chance at some point. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, after after this, uh, CJ and Stephanie. Uh, are talking a little bit about why Stephanie's putting up fake times or she's not even going to be in the race. And it's because Mitch always used to beat Stephanie's times. And this is Stephanie's revenge. It's more specifically Um, that Mitch plays pranks on people and he would shout, gotcha. So she's like, I'm going to get my gotcha. I missed that. Yeah. So he would, he would, that explains a lot. Play ribs on people (laughs) and then he'd shout, gotcha. Mm. And, uh, he'd he'd play ribs on people. Do you not know that word? Oh no, I know it. It just is a very archaic phrasing, and I was amused. It's very archaic because I get it from carnies. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm using the wrestling terminology of being like, oh yeah, you pull ah. a rib on someone, you play a rib on someone, mm-hmm. and fucking who? 
Who's older than carnies? You know, some people it's say true. that the first people to the Americas were the carnies. Coming it's over true. here, throwing potatoes at things, wrestling alligators. <laughs> um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but after uh, after CJ and Stephanie uh, discuss their plans... Uh, Matt goes to his tower when Jesse shows up to a cafe nearby and is asking around for Hudson. Uh, Matt is watching all of this through his binoculars and somehow sort of hearing it. Um, and Jesse wants to race for pink slips, which, uh, for the people who didn't understand, they helpfully explain in the next line of dialogue, uh, which is that, uh, whoever wins the race keeps both motorcycles. Uh, and I was just like, just... I don't know. It felt like such clumsy expositional dialogue. Like either don't use the phrase racing for pink slips or don't explain it like or not right next to each other. I guess I don't know. I wasn't that picky about it. I don't know. It, it just I, I think the reason why it didn't seem too bad, Michael, is this was before Fast and the Furious kind of made it like well known about pink slips i think maybe just i've only seen one fast and the furious movie but you know what racing for pinks is though because of it no i don't really oh i don't but i was like i can (laughs) pick up the context i was like pink slips gonna take a motorcycle okay it's probably like the registration yeah okay yeah it's like i'm i'm smart i can pick up literally Two sentences connected to each other's context. <laughs> like, I- I've written a paper before. I think I can do this. I was yes. more worried about one of the worst lines of dialogue I've ever seen written in my life, uh, which oh. felt like it was a lost line from a Mortal Kombat movie, from the Mortal Kombat <laughs> movie, where Hudson looks at her bike and says, Very cherry. And she says, You must be the guy who names the ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love like, that line. Oh, fuck. That's like Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat level bad. Yeah, that was bad. I it was love really it, bad. But it's so bad. Uh, yeah. But I like I don't think it's that hard to to grasp, like what they mean by pink slips. Right. But that's oh, why I'm saying that it felt so clunky that they immediately then over explained it. Well, no, you <laughs> wouldn't have understood it if you didn't say and then I get to keep your bike. Like, otherwise, you would have okay. would have just been like. Like, for someone who doesn't know, uh, you would have just said pink slips, and it's like, uh, like, what is the pink slip? Like, is it the registration? Is sure. it, like, the ownership of it? Is it, like, uh, like I, I have no clue what it is, but they say pink slips, I get to keep your bike. Oh, okay. Makes perfect sense. You just explained it, and then, like, introduced us to an insider term. Like, because they do that a lot. They, they do things where it's like, oh, yeah, and then you're going to, like, get... Like the can, the floaty, or the or the or those use like surfer terms and lifeguard yeah. terms, and then they'll explain what it is right after, and that like makes sense uh, because I don't see it far removed from actual you know real life conversation for me to be like race for pink slips. I'm gonna get to keep your bike. You know, it's kind of like rubbing it in someone's face. Uh, I guess so. I could see it. Like I don't have that much of an issue with it. I just think that this plot line of she randomly came up and found this dude named Hudson and was like, I want your yeah. fucking bike, even though I'm one woman who wants to, you know, 
be live the nomad life and how do I transport two bikes <laughs> anywhere? Yeah. Like, what's it gonna do with the other yeah. bike? Well you just I mean you just put them on top of each other. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you stack them. You have you're riding one and you have the other one upside down on top of you. So yeah. you're like you're using your shoulders like up mm-hmm. uh like a weird like like upward angle arm is akimbo to like yeah. hold that up and balance like a carny. It's, it's it's at bat all the bikes all the time. Ooh. All the bikes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I'll say, uh, this makes me think of um, uh, Devil May Cry 5, where one of the characters, because you like have a sword, you have a gun, and one of the characters is like, fuck it, I'm just going to fight demons with a bike. I'm literally going to swing a bike at, at demons. And I'm like, that's what this is. He's training to fight demons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly... I could totally see that for her. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, fuck. I'm ruining the joke because I can't remember the sister's <laughs> name from Shit's Creek. Fuck. Uh, I, uh, I don't know which character you're talking about. I don't know which character you're talking about either. The sister. Oh, um, fuck. Alexis. Alexis, yes. Uh, okay, so I ruined the joke by not immediately remembering <laughs> Alexis. So I'm going to say thank you, Alexis, because they're like, I love that for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please continue. Um, but yeah, eventually, after she threatens Hudson by saying, I won my bike from Frank Kate, who beat you, and I beat him, so I'm going to win your bike. Um, they agree to race tomorrow at 8 a.m. at Point Doom, and Matt is watching all of this via his binoculars. Uh, and then all the bikers leave, and she heads onto the beach, and we learn that she had a bikini under her race suit, uh, and we learn this because we get a very long panning shot of her undressing, um, and Matt starts to head over, and then we cut to commercial. That whole scene was just straight-up softcore porn. That That's <laughs> all that was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Baywatch. Um, Welcome to... And- <laughs> I was I was watching yeah. wrestling before this and uh, someone's like, uh, uh, like, like, what do you got planned after this? I was like, I'm going to record this Baywatch podcast like I've been busy all day and I got to do this. And like, ah, oh, that's not that bad. You get to talk about like David Hasselhoff and boobies. And I was like, look, <laughs> you don't even know how much. <laughs> like, I try. I have to not talk about it because otherwise, I'd just be talking about that for two hours each week. <laughs> Literally, most of my notes are: this is one piece fetish, this is bikini fetish, or this is softcore porn. Change my mind. That's what's most of my notes right now. You say that. Okay, yeah. You say this is one piece fetish, but this wasn't very anime. I just started One Piece, like, <laughs> which is a bad idea because I'm on episode 29 out of uh, 998, I think. Um, wow, it's, it's a long, it's a long thing. They're they're like prepping for episode 1000. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's it's been going since like 98. <laughs> yeah, so um, and they still as- don't have a second piece. 
<laughs> that might be the most dad joke I've ever made on this podcast. <laughs> I am so for it. I'm so all for it. You, you've made, you've made, you, you've made. No, oh, that's for sure. That's probably the most dad though. I have to agree with Morgan on that one. <laughs> I, I feel like it could be more dad. I don't know. Yeah. You should you should call your dad and ask him for dad. <laughs> then you should call your mom and say, "Okay, so what critiques do you have about Michael this week?" <laughs> You're like, "What thing has Michael done to piss you off? <laughs> what incorrect facts about theater has Michael said this week?" <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. All the while, Andrew's mom is going to listen to this podcast and be like, well, that was very nice and I enjoyed it. Morgan's mom's going to be like, it's fucking sucked. <laughs> Michael's such a horrible human being. <laughs> I'm sure your mom is nice, but she hates me. For, for folks who don't remember the context of this, my mom one time texted me to mention that Michael had mentioned the wrong musical on the podcast yeah. that he was making a reference to. I mistook Grease for West Side Story or yes. Reverse. And so now I just run with this. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, after uh, after we come back from commercial break, we get... Another panning shot of her body as Matt approaches um, and he starts flirting with her and she is not not into it. Right. Um, but she absolutely does not want to know his name. But Morgan, I'm a lifeguard. I'll protect you. <laughs> oh, God, God, that Morgan's... was so corny. <laughs> she says she'll be leaving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so... He says that doesn't leave us a lot of time. And she says, mm -hmm. time for what? Uh, could you read what this, what, she, what he says? To go out, to have fun, to fall in love, to have a tearful goodbye when we have to break up. And I was like, I don't hate this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, I, okay, Matt. Okay. Little, little spoiler for my rating at the end of the episode. I think this might be some of the better writing in a Baywatch episode. Really? That we've seen so far? Interesting. Okay. Mm. Okay. Like, it's not amazing, but the bar is not very high. Well, because season two <laughs> was absolute dog shit. Yes. I may still be riding off the, like, lows of season two. And so, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hate this episode. No, I didn't. I didn't hate it either. Um, I'm just a, a, a vessel of hate. Uh, I didn't hate it. Um, but then, then we get a dive bar pool montage set to, at least in my version, some real fucking, like, Americana rock. Like, very, like, uh, like, 80s, like, folky, hard rock kind of thing. Like, I, God, I should have written down while I was listening to the song what it reminded me of. But now I can't remember. But like like Sammy Hagar, for example. OK. Style of like, you know, that very like. Yeah, just like classic Americana kind of stuff. And they're in like this very divey dive bar playing pool. And she starts undressing a little bit to distract him. And they flirt some more throughout this entire pool game that goes on forever. This this is a very long montage. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very long. 
Do you want to know about some of the other versions' musics? Please. So in the original, original airing, they have Who Do You Think You Are by Sass Jordan, which is a name. Uh, and I listened to this song, and the best way I can describe this song is it has a very smell of cigarette smoke and some fabric kind of country sound to it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you can imagine what that means, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, and then in the remaster, Andrew and I get a song called Straight Shooter by Jennifer Rose. And I That's what up, it was. And... You wouldn't know this song, Andrew. Don't lie. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I was saying. I was. Is, I wrote down like the song name is like what do I think it is. So I'm uh, just glad I got it right. Well, good because I'm going to make you read the lyrics here in a moment, and it's going to be obvious what it is when you read it. <laughs> uh, oh, goody! So she's maybe the second musician I've seen so far for this remaster that actually admits to writing songs for this show. Um, and she describes herself as, and this is a direct quote, I describe my music as spirited, positive, uplifting, heartfelt, and rocking, but lyrical as well. Um, because, of course, there's it's lyrical. It's not instrumental. Yeah. Um, I find people's journey in life is seldom linear, quiet, or easy. So I try to write in a way that will give hope or a new perspective on how to journey on to their best existence. Um, and boy, howdy. I also... Uh, took a philosophy class in college um, and submitted some papers last minute. So great job, Jennifer Rose. I am salty today. Um, (laughs) Andrew, I have this song for you. Uh, And this is one of the longest songs we have seen so far. Uh, And it doesn't seem that way at first until you're going to see just how many lines there are here. Um, And I'm sure it's going to freak out Morgan. But Andrew, I'd like you to either read this, sing this, um, weirdly read this, whatever you want, whatever moves your soul. Oh my God, he's asking me to karaoke on his podcast. You don't have to karaoke. We do this every single guest. You don't have to karaoke. You can just dramatically read it. Um, But it is a lot of it. So that's why I'm saying you maybe don't want to sing it. Oh, I might sing it, but we'll see. Uh... Don't want to know your name. Don't want to play <laughs> yes. these games. Yes. I'm not playing hard to get. I'm just different from the rest. One look into your eyes. You took me by surprise. I know you feel the same way, too. I'm just waiting for your cue. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Right as that lyric came up, he was shooting the cue ball, and that bothered me a lot. <laughs> oh, like, it really God. bothered me. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> you think you've got me figured out? I'm a straight shooter shooting from the hip. And he does, sh- right there, he does put it around his hip. <laughs> oh, my God. This whole song. Oh, it's bringing up nightmares. <laughs> so many puns, it feels like. Uh, I'm a straight shooter, straight talking from my lips. I don't want to waste my time. Don't want to talk about the future. Don't want to know what you're used to. I'm a straight shooter. Don't like to waste my time. Always say what's on my mind. You think I'm coming in too hot. I'll give you all I've got. I think you've got me figured out. I'm a straight shooter shooting from the hip. I'm a straight shooter street talking from my lips. Don't want to waste my time. Don't want to talk about the future. Don't want to. 
you're <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 funny thing is I sh- I'm pretty sure my fiance is outside the door wondering why do you never sing during karaoke because <laughs> <laughs> the only song you know is straight shooter right <laughs> Uh, I'm a straight shooter. I've laid it all on the table. So, honey, tell me if you're able. I've taken the shot. So, you <laughs> show me what you've got. <laughs> Let's cut the hustle in this game. You and I are the same. <laughs> One look into your eyes. You took me by surprise. I know you feel the same way, too. I'm just waiting for your cue. <laughs> a straight shooter. <laughs> Shooting from the hip. I'm a straight shooter. Shooter straight talking from my lips. Don't want to waste my time. Don't want to talk about the future. I don't want to <laughs> know you're used to. I'm a straight shooter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a straight shooter. Wow. Thank you, Andrew. You're uh, welcome. Brava, brava. <laughs> on a, on a, like a letter scale, you know, F to A plus, where would you rate that song? A C. I'm going to give it a wow. C. Wow. Wow, that's higher than I thought. I, you know me for how much I like giving you puns just because it tortures you. Yep. I don't like it being used against me. That's my problem with it. I don't like it being weaponized against me here. I, I do say that you and Morgan are the reasons why I've introduced <laughs> into my humor, and I hate both oh, of them. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Yay. Oh, my plan is working. Morgan. Oh, my God. It's I'm all coming to because of it. <laughs> I sound like you two, which is... Or have you become funnier? Uh, No. Um. (laughs) Cronk gif. Oh, yes. It's all come together. uh, I think my favorite line from this song is straight talking from my lips. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I felt really uncomfortable actually saying that. (laughs) Again, I really hope my fiance is not like her ear up against the door listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) You may have to sing some more, so don't worry. Oh, don't worry. She's going to hear the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beautiful. Speaking of straight shooting from the lips, she straight mm. shoots from the lips and tells Matt <laughs> that she's a biker because her dad was a piece of shit. Yes. Um, and then Matt is like, whoa, let's make out. Yeah. And they make out. <laughs> they definitely fucked on the beach. Well, of course. Like, there's yeah. no way they didn't fuck on that beach. Oh, they totally did. They, of course they did. Um, and that's how the sex on a beach drink was made. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't the only one thinking of that. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad I'm not the only one thinking of that stupid joke. Uh, and then he wakes up, and uh, no one's there. Um, yeah. This was a dream. Maybe he's Could be. a ghost. <laughs> maybe, maybe when... Maybe Bustin makes him feel good. Um, uh, maybe when he took that ride earlier, you know, like on, on Point Doom, he mm-hmm. wasn't actually racing her. He was racing a time trial ghost. Because <laughs> so he was trying to beat the best time. Now, new idea. Baywatch isn't Baywatch. <laughs> Baywatch is just a level in Diddy Kong racing. Mm. Oh. Right? I think that makes a lot of sense. And Jesse isn't jesse like she sure she may be jesse's girl but instead she's actually <laughs> tt the clock 
from Diddy Kong Racing. And mm-hmm. he has to beat her time to get a piece of the TT medal to then... <laughs> well, actually, no, you get it to then unlock TT. You do the other things to fight Wizpig. But to, to get to unlock her as a playable character, by which we mean sex, uh, yeah. he has to beat he, her time trials. He's he's getting a piece of the TT medal to make his PP medal. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Wow. That was stupider than the joke I thought you were gonna make or something. Yeah. <laughs> Here it was, I was gonna make it like it might have been like Cranky Kong voiced by Fred Armiston or Donkey Kong voiced by like Seth Rogan ghost, but you went that mm-hmm. far. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have I have no shame on this podcast. <laughs> I have lots of shame on this podcast, and it's. Manif- I think that's probably better. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways, now it's time for the bike race. Uh, sure is. Yeah, tell Jesse. Jesse shows up to the start line of the race at Point Doom. And Hudson's waiting there, and they're about to get going. But then we get to see Mitch and Stephanie training, and we intercut between those for a bit as we do some racing. And guess what? They're taking place at the same place. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no way that they're going to meet in some way. No. Who would, who would ever think such a thing? <laughs> um... But then, just as Stephanie is pulling ahead and looks like she... Or not Stephanie. Jesse is pulling ahead and looks like she might win the motorcycle race. Hudson throws a chain at her rear wheel and her and her bike go flying into the ocean uh, right where Mitch and Stephanie are. And I was very worried that one of them were going to get hit by the motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Clearly, Hudson won that time trial. Mm-hmm. Gonna, he's he's gonna, turning this this body of water into the Hudson River. Well, that was way less horny than I thought it was going to be. Okay, I couldn't come up with a good horny joke there. You were just gonna make the same fucking PP metal joke. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when you have a winner, uh, it's the it's the comedy rule of threes. Everyone knows if you make the th- same joke exactly three times. <laughs> It's funny. You don't like when you scratch <laughs> off the winning numbers on a lotto ticket. You don't be like, I'm gonna scratch off the rest. Like, no, you got your winner. You're good. You submit it. It's gonna invalidate yeah. it. Morgan, you don't make yeah. any other new jokes. I, I, I got, I got it, Morgan. Hudson, yeah. Hudson chained up Jesse and got her all wet. Hey. hey. Oh, nice. <laughs> so glad I'm not the only horny one on this podcast for you're, once. You're so welcome. <laughs> As the fucking Puritan here. The one who's never, ever been horny, ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. I am ashamed of both of you under the Christian God above, Jeebus Christ. Jeebus Christ. <laughs> Jeebus Christ above. How dare you? Mm-hmm. This is a Christian podcast. This mm-hmm. podcast on a Christian Discord server. Sure is. Sure. Is. I mean, we have shared some Christian cool cat memes before, so. Yeah, but all of them are like, what if you wanted to fuck cool cat? 
What if, like, Cole had, like, an 18 Listen, in heaven as an angel with a sword? Oh, my God. You, yeah. you can be horny for the spirit of, of St. Cool Cat. That is allowed under Catholic law. <laughs> oh, so we're Catholic now. I, I don't know. I only vaguely understand the difference between different denominations of Christianity. <laughs> I don't think David Savage is Catholic. I don't, I yeah, think, that's true. I don't think Daddy Derek is big on the Catholics. I think he's yeah. Protestant. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's just a hunch. Um, it's a probably yeah. a correct hunch. Also, I haven't checked in what's new on Daddy Derek recently. Um, I didn't even see if he's you know posted new things. I haven't checked if the cool cat Twitter has gotten more horny DMs. Like I don't oh. know. I'm I'm really lacking on this, and I'm I'm very yeah. sorry to the Beef Boys, our fans, that <laughs> want to know more about cool cat getting spammed horny fan art. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry, Michael, to, to make up for it, in the last two months, I have watched Cool Cat uh, Stops Bullying and Cool Cat Fights Coronavirus three times and introduced four new people into the Derek Savage verse. Can I so I have, I have been spreading the word of Daddy Derek. Can I also make you happy, Morgan? Please. Last week, I watched mm-hmm. Cool as Ice. Hell yeah. We're just uh, spreading the two, the, like the three things we watch, and just spreading mm-hmm. them everywhere. <laughs> spreading our seed everywhere. Ugh. Uh, our very cool seed. Um, <laughs> I don't like that. No. My next joke was going to just be Cool Cat shouting, I love kids! And I was like, I can't. Oh. You have to edit that out. You have to. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, I can. It's I can podcast. I can take that out. <laughs> um, God. So after, uh, after uh, Jesse gets this bike chain thrown at her, she beefs it. She falls off mm-hmm. the cliff. She falls into the water. And luckily, Mitch and Stephanie are there to save her. And we go to mm-hmm. the and we come back and we find out that we've we've discovered her name. Because yeah. Matt looked at her chart, and it's Jesse. She's Jesse's girl. Um, <laughs> and Matt doesn't think it's an accident. And he doesn't take, maybe it's an accident. It's good enough. So Matt mm-hmm. is going to go trade in his bike, even though he's rich and could buy another one, because his dad is a fucking rich screenwriter. Um, yes. I don't know why he needs to trade in the bike. Uh, he could just bought a brand new one um but okay <laughs> he's not he's not living that at bat lifestyle uh, all what was all the bikes all the time oh yeah X plus one people usually leave the the out of the acronym not with well not with at gat all the gear all the time is the actual acronym yeah at gat yeah they included in there <laughs> made it AGT America's Got Talent <laughs> yeah I don't think in, if, it's our if David went Hasselhoff to writing... crossover because David Hasselhoff was a judge on America's Got Talent so therefore it worked. yeah I just don't think that like riding instructors yelling ag has quite the same like impact <laughs> hey, do they go around just shouting at you yeah, kind I of. I mean, not shouting it at you, but a little bit. It's is this uh, Hebrew school. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Hebrew school. Just going, I can't, I 
<laughs> Actually, at that does sound like Hebrew, but I just liked it. It does a little bit. Just people shouting at that at you. Uh, <laughs> I had a teacher in Hebrew school who every time uh, someone would, would blurt out, which was me all the time, she would just point at them and, and yell blurt and then continue <laughs> on like nothing happened. But they didn't like stop people. From blurting, so it just made weird. her job harder. Yeah, yeah. So all the time she'd be like, "Blurt," and she wouldn't like until like mm, fifth grade. She mm-hmm. uh, by the time of fifth grade, she started putting like a okay, this is how many blurts you get before I just stop acknowledging your presence. But there mm-hmm. were a decent few years where it was no acknowledgement of the amount of times, and it was just constantly blurt. And I was like, "Well, this is fun. I'm gonna." <laughs> <test> <laughs> Yeah, right? Um, I don't know how you would ever imagine that would work with a group of kids. Well, like Morgan, this is private school. You don't need a teaching degree. <laughs> <laughs> True. You don't need a teaching degree is a private school. Uh, yeah. And look, like, with the power of the Torah, mm-hmm. why would you want to blurt? You should just be learning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a follow-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all understand under our Lord Jeebus Christ above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but after this, we uh, we get to see Matt and Mitch talking about this accident, and Matt blames himself, and so Mitch is going to go track down Hudson, but first Matt has to trade in his bike, and then Stephanie and Mitch argue about who was there first to rescue Jesse. Um, but then Matt goes to talk to Hudson and taunts Hust- Hudson into racing for pink slips uh, by showing off his new bike, which I did not write down the make and model of. I did get this uh, one, actually, Morgan. Oh, it is perfect. It is uh, a really big downgrade. Uh, oh. He goes, <laughs> so no offense, Morgan, it's, it, <laughs> it's a Ninja 250 he went down to oh. against... Which, by the way, I got Hudson's bike as well. His is also a Honda NT650 Hawk. Yeah. It, it just doesn't have... Okay, so this is another thing that really bothered me about Jesse's bike. It, mm. The Hawk was never supposed to have fairings on it. It was never supposed to oh. have body stuff on it. Gotcha. And I found this information on the Honda Hawk fan forum. About this episode? At the wiki feed of Honda? Uh, for the Hawk, yes, it might as well be. <laughs> they they complained how bad the bodywork was and how it should not have existed on it. And then when Hudson came up with his, as it should be, it, they liked it a lot more. And yeah. it, it really does look a lot better, in my opinion. But It really does. But I don't know how Matt expects to beat uh Hudson yeah. on a six fifty against his two fifty. There's no way. Yeah. Unless Hudson is like a terrible rider. Mm. Like I mean it's not even gonna come close. I mean just watching Which, them ride. Well, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that kind of bothered me a little bit. When I saw it I was like that I literally could just like stand up on that bike and it would be fine. I could like yeah. literally stand up and not have to yeah. worry about my knees. It was weird. 
<laughs> yeah, the the 250 is not like especially fast. Like even the 300 is like eight second out of 60. Like it's, you know, it's an entry level sport bike. Mm-hmm. And going from that um, Virago 750, it, uh, Michael, just to give you an idea of what it is, uh, a 250, it will struggle to get to 70 and stay there. It doesn't like yeah. it. And then oh, yeah. for the Virago or that he was riding beforehand, that will do it just fine. It could get to maybe, I don't know, Morgan, would you say 110, 120 maybe? It could do yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think that would be unreasonable. It could do it downhill, but <laughs> <laughs> but but this is one of the things that just bothered me a lot. Is like you traded for Ninja Two Fifty, my dude. You knew what he had. What do you yeah. think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like even with the Ninja being lighter, it's not. It doesn't have nearly enough additional like horsepower and torque to make up for that. No, no way. There's no way. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, I I didn't register his bike as a 250. That's very funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> the Hawk forums just really had a good laugh over it, too. <laughs> so that brings me to a good point about something that Hudson says in this scene, which just makes it funnier. Where Hudson mm-hmm. says, um, why would I wreck a bike I'm about to win? Um, mm-hmm. Which, why would he want this bike? Yeah. <laughs> Great question. Right? Yeah. So yeah, wreck it. I don't, who gives a shit? <laughs> bike. Well, I mean, I think he's talking about Jesse's bike. Jesse's bike. <laughs> I was just leading into that joke. That's fair. <laughs> but you see, Matt is Hudson is like, I don't, don't want to face you. Your bike is whatever. And Matt says, Oh, do you only like to race girls? Uh, 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 girl fuck you you little piece of shit bitch uh, <laughs> and, and uh it's like you're on yeah um no. but after sorry oh go ahead if i take this next scene sure uh the i do want to talk about the song in my version at some point because there's a very good fun fact about it um to okay, actually you do but it. then you do it and then i'll, I'll sure yeah I'm, i'll just be quick uh, so, yes, this next scene is a workout montage with Mitch and Garner set to what sounds like some very 90s hip hop, uh, but was instead a song released in 2008 called Like to Party uh, by Craig Saganti, uh, <laughs> who is the a very white 50 year old looking dad man in a zip up fleece. Um, and I could not find much information about this song, except, except the second Google result for this song is the fact that it appeared in the Bratz movie. There is a Bratz Ooh. fan wiki entry for this song, Ooh. and that is the only information about it on the Internet. Well, Morgan, I think I know the origin of this song. Oh, because um, I think this song is semi-based on this song and the original version of this show. Oh. Um, I'm going to tell you what it is. Uh, but first, I want you to guess. Um, Andrew, okay. you might know, because I might have already spoiled it for you. So if you know, don't say it. Um, Morgan, there's a very famous song from the 90s. A very famous song. 
that's like a poppy song that is okay. used in this scene. Like, it's a song you 250% know. Is it Hey Jealousy? No. It's not that song <laughs> that I still don't fucking know by the Gin Blossoms that you keep on using as a bit that I don't get. Because I don't fucking know the Gin Blossoms. No. Guess uh, It's very, very, like... When people talk about the 90s, this is one of those, like, one-hit wonders that they talk about. Uh, can you give me a genre? Dancy pop. Dancy pop, 90s, one-hit wonder. Um, I'm going to say, I think this is a little late, but um, Barbie Girl. No, no. But you're in the right vein of, like, one-hit wonder, poppy kind of stuff. Like, uh, well, I got no idea. So in the original version of the show, now imagine this. Just picture the scene in your head. Mm-hmm. It's I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Oh, fuck yes. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Can you just imagine that? So the scene oh, has Mitch fuck. working out while Garner is just eating, and Mitch stares at him angrily and just keeps on working out while he watches him eat. And it's so fucking good. I've seen clips of it set to that, and then I was just like, I'm going to watch the scene while playing I'm Too Sexy in the background. It's so good. Um, now, I have it up right now, actually, and it's fantastic. It's amazing. Ugh. Now, another very funny part about this is the song that we get is a song called I've Got It Going On. And it's by an artist, Morgan, that you and I are very familiar with from oh. this podcast. And can you guess which artist this is? Is this, um, uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? The, the Vincini or whatever the Vasily. fuck? It's fucking Vasily. <laughs> and as we both know, Vasily mm-hmm. only does instrumentals. Isn't that right, Morgan? Yep. Right. Which is why I'm so upset that this song isn't an instrumental. Because yeah. by principle, as you and I both know, and the Beef Boys know as well, <laughs> Vasily only does instrumentals. So, Morgan, tell me why the fuck this song has lyrics <laughs> why is this it's a good song? question michael it's uh, a good question it is one a, for the ages it's a total rip up of i'm too sexy it's so bad that i'm just gonna do it for you okay i've got it going on i've got it going on <laughs> i've got it going on to london to tokyo to malibu i've got it going on oh baby oh baby, oh, baby. i've got it going on i've got it going on oh to london to tokyo to malibu i've got it going on I've got it going on. I've got it going on. Oh, to London, to Tokyo, to Malibu. <laughs> wow. I've got it going on. 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 London, Tokyo, to Malibu. I've got it going on. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. I've got it going on. I've got it going on. And that's, that's, I've got it going on by Facilli. Now you see why Facilli doesn't do songs with lyrics, because those lyrics are trash. Facilli, <laughs> you have taken the soul of a young boy and you have torn it in half. All of my dreams are dead. All of my hopes, gone. You have ruined them. I believed in you. And you tore my heart apart. And I don't think I'll ever recover from this. It's true. Yeah, Morgan's too. Um, Morgan, <laughs> Morgan, big Vasily boy. <laughs> big silly Vasily <laughs> That's the episode title right there. Big oh, silly God. silly boy. 
It, that's very good. <laughs> um, fuck. Uh, but yeah, after uh, after this, uh, CJ finds Guido in the back of her truck because he's hiding from Mel. Mal, whatever the fuck the boyfriend's name is. Mel. Mel. Um, and he asks for her help. And I realized at this point that he reminds me a lot of the waiter in Faulty Towers. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. Yep. Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, like, somehow, um, just the same amount of... Like, it's not that racist. It's, like, racist in the level that Chris Pratt playing Mario is racist. Like, it's like, no... <laughs> in the same way as the waiter, I guess? Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious, um, Andrew, what you, what your thoughts on Guido are, if you have any. Oh, I have plenty. As an Italian, um, what's your thoughts? <laughs> uh, it, okay, I, I had to look up how often Guido comes up in, uh... Seven episodes. Yeah, seven episodes, and that's seven epi- episodes too many, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a hot take. It's a hot. It's a hot take. <laughs> I don't like Guido. I really don't like Guido. Maybe because of the episode he's in is just his. It's a bad episode for him. Maybe like you said, but it was not a great, great introduction for a character to me. Just especially Andrew, with the like. I come to your family's Italian Christmas, and I'm going to come <laughs> to your next one. I'm going to go up to your mom, and I'm going to go. You will not. You will not. <laughs> you will hey, not. Terry. Don't say Terry. it's a religious experience. I will hit you. No. Say, hey, <laughs> Your son is a disgrace. All Italian Americans everywhere, and he should be punished with a bunch of gabagoo. <laughs> okay. So did we talk, Morgan? Did we talk about Tony D'Angelo last time? I can't. Remember. I don't think we did. So, and WWE has introduced this new character called Tony D'Angelo, uh, and Tony D'Angelo is like, "I'm uh, my name is Tony D'Angelo. I'm from the Bronx, and I think he's actually from like Chicago." And his whole gimmick is, "My dad worked in waste management, so that's how I know that you're a waste, <laughs> 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 and I'm gonna manage." <laughs> It's so good. And then he comes back a second week and he's just like, some people say. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's just fucking Sopranos now. Holy shit. Oh, Oh, straight up. And it's so funny because he's wearing the hat and he just does nothing but like say these things. And so I told Morgan this, like one of the top comments on Reddit is, don't worry, guys, maybe this is good. Maybe there's a darker side to Tony D'Angelo. You know, maybe there's like a demon inside him. One may called the the gabagool oh oh god okay that's a joke is it (laughs) well um not my joke so no (laughs) no well um let's see where where were we oh yes this is really Uh, broken down this podcast (laughs) god yeah disarray (laughs) You're welcome. Um, we're recording later than normal, so it is later than normal by this point in the podcast. And so enjoy, enjoy a slightly sleepy Morgan for the rest of this episode, which may mean that I get punchier or it may mean that I don't do anything. 
We'll have to see. That's the stakes I'm setting up for the rest of this episode. So, listeners, now you now you're foreshadowed <laughs> for what's going to happen in the rest of this episode. Wow, I can, um, I can feel the energy. <laughs> I can feel the sleepiness. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, let's see. At this point, Garner and Mitch find Jesse's bike with a chain in the Jesse's rear wheel. Bike. <laughs> Jesse's tire. Oh God. Um, and what do you not Mitch like, Jesse's like, girl? Do you not like that song? No, it's a perfectly good song. Perfectly good. I mean, for what it is, it's not like amazing, perfectly. but it's it's perfectly average. Okay, there we go. It's like practically same, perfect. It's the same level as like eight eight uh eight six seven five three oh nine. Like it's just in the yes. same fucking level of song. Absolutely. Um but Mitch is like, hey, we gotta go catch these guys. And Garner's like, why don't you run behind the truck? Because Jesse can do the lifeguard Olympics in less than fifteen minutes. Um and Mitch Jesse is like or Fuck Stephanie. You. I'm driving. What? Jesse or Stephanie? Stephanie. I'm confused now. It is. I lost my. I wrote. I, I wrote. I wrote Jesse in my notes. I lost my place in my notes, so I'm confused. Ah. What's happening? <laughs> uh, well, now we're at Hudson and Matt's motorcycle race because uh, they're just about to race when Garner and Mitch show up, and then we get another motorcycle race. Um, and I'll say, by the standards of this show. The motorcycle races do have a decent sense of speed to them. Like, it doesn't feel like they're only doing, like, five to ten miles an hour. Yeah. Um, which I it wish, often does. <laughs> wish it was that. That would be so funny to me. Yeah. I'll give them that. They um, they did have a decent sense of speed in it. I, I'll yeah, give them that. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, But... After they race for a little bit, Hudson crashes and falls down the same cliff that Jesse did. But this time he grabs onto a ledge uh, and Garner and Mitch show up to help rescue Hudson. Um, But Matt doesn't want to help. So then we get my favorite moment, maybe in all of Baywatch, Mm. besides uh, Buzz Belmondo's special sauce, um, (laughs) which is where Matt's like, but he almost killed Jesse. And Mitch just points at the word lifeguard on the side of his truck. I don't. Uh, I don't and it was so fucking funny. I don't to know me. if that's it was. as good as uh, from the end of last season where um, uh, Eddie is, has to revive the sister. Uh, and then the, the fiance is like, move out of the oh, way. Yeah. I'm a doctor. And Shawnee goes, but he's a lifeguard. That was also <laughs> very good. Yes. <laughs> but this was very like. Uh, blue collar comedy tour of now here's your sign uh Mm -hmm. i just like holy shit like they really hammed up the acting here um oh yeah yeah they did what if matt can't read (laughs) (laughs) it's like i you're pointing and i don't know what what's happening what's up my name is matt i'm 19 and i never learned to read i mean he is rich so it could (laughs) he is also a lifeguard it's true. Not a lot of not a lot of reading in the ocean. Books get too wet. <laughs> Even though they have to pass a written test and we've seen all the study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't don't let us uh don't stop us from smearing lifeguards. That's that's what we're here for. That's what Whoa. we're here for. It's true. No, it's not what I'm here for. This is a pro lifeguard podcast. 
I'm I'm gonna guess if we ever crack that lifeguard ethics binder open, it's all in like forty eight point font, <laughs> double spaced. <laughs> Look, I know Andrew is trying to promote this A Lab. All lifeguards are bastards. <laughs> but I want to promote the um, the LLM lifeguard lives matter. Uh, oh God! Agenda here. It's it's a sign of just uh, David Hasselhoff on his side over the mm-hmm. American flag, uh, and he's like pointing at God. you and winking. Uh, it's but there's it's a picture, but that's inside all of the stars of the flag. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thin it's red. Of, it's the thin red line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because look. Lifeguards are the one thing keeping us from dying. And and what's in our bodies? Blood. What uh, what keeps (laughs) us going? The blood, which is red. Therefore, they are the the ones keeping us alive. The thin red line between us and death. And in fact, they prove that here. When these lifeguards paid to protect the beach say, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh. I also have a rope and pulley system, and I also can scale mountains. <laughs> yes. Doesn't yes. matter anything to save a life. Oh, God. <laughs> now, Morgan, uh, tell me how to save a life. Where did I go wrong? I lost a friend. Um, God, that song. It fucking every single classic radio station when I was growing up was like, what if we played that every three songs? Why classic um, radio? Because uh, that's what the classic rock station near me just like played all sorts of weird shit. That's not classic. I agree. But I only learned that in the last few years because it was played on the classic rock radio station. So I assumed it was from the 80s. So are they like doing like, OK, guys, we got ACDC for you. We got the who. And we have this new song. It's called 15 Step by Radiohead. And then a bunch of like old people call it, what is this noise? Why are there three drummers in this song? <laughs> Why did I go into a Chipotle and my radio shut off? <laughs> for, for context, if you don't remember people, Radiohead is the only, ba- only band slash only music that is banned at Chipotle. Yep. Is it the really? only music not allowed to be played at Chipotle. You're pulling yep. my leg. Nope. No way. Nope. 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 It's the only music not allowed to be on the playlist at Chipotle. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it is great. I love it. Um, it's so good. Because Radiohead doesn't meet the vibe. Uh, the mm-hmm. Smiths do, but not Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Nothing to me says eating meat like Morrissey. <laughs> that's a great joke okay that's fucking good uh, okay uh, did you see the rick astley smith thing no so rick astley is doing a two-night um like residency where he's only going to sing songs by the smiths for some reason instead of his own material um huh. and so johnny marr posted a tweet saying this is maybe the worst thing I have ever seen in my life, and I don't approve of this. Uh, and it's like a constant fight now between people being like, yeah, fuck Rick Astley, and then some people being like, well, I mean, he doesn't sound bad, so this might actually yeah. be good. He's, 
actually a very talented musician. Oh, he is. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know if I want that one hit wonder guy ruining my songs already ruined by a dipshit. No, wait. Okay, that's probably better. Yeah, I would much rather associate those songs with uh, Rick Astley than fucking Morrissey. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Morrissey, speaking of Morrissey, there's more no, 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 to no. see in this episode. No, it's even <laughs> this is way better okay. than that. Sure. Well, Matt and uh, Mitch are discussing like, oh, well, you got to save him. Got to save him. Well, you got to save him now. Hudson is there on the cliff going, how soon is now? Hey, because that's a Smith song. How soon is now? Uh, it's like the famous one that doesn't sound anything at all like their other songs, but all the radio stations. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he is there dangling forever. Mm-hmm. Like this scene is so long. He's so just long there. And I'm like, why doesn't he just fall and die? Like, how is he still alive? <laughs> why don't you yeah, die? Come on, Hudson, just hurry up and fall and die. There was only so much Guido they could fit into this episode. <laughs> oh, imagine if Guido was under and he goes, Oh, got you, I got you. <laughs> Let me and massage like, your gastropomanius. <laughs> I'm sorry, your what? Gastropomanius. You said it wrong earlier. It's actually no. gastropomanius. It's not, because this is a direct rip from the subtitles from Amazon, which is gastro. 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 gastropomanius. No, there's no P in there. Gastrocnemius. Gastro. Oh, okay, maybe my instructor was saying it wrong then. That's on me then. <laughs> well, that's on. <laughs> We've all done a lot. We have. <laughs> I mean, they oh, could be no, wrong. God. Amazon could have been wrong. Baywatch could have been wrong. We're all I, wrong. Baywatch could have yeah. been wrong. This is the lifeguard show. Yeah, and everyone knows lifeguards are never wrong. Right, remember that time Mitch, uh, all of those times Mitch just made like a really blasted statement out of nowhere that was completely wrong? I trust mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, eventually they do go to rescue Hudson, and then they just kind of hold him by the shoulders as they're going up the cliff and it feels like there should have been some sort of harness but i guess the scene was too long so they didn't bother did the scene um, seem like suspenseful like it felt like the rope not nah, break I, I i did not get that no no oh like because the music that they played in our version at least was like very suspenseful music and they kept on cutting to the rope and i was like oh, oh yeah if you're gonna cut to the rope the rope's gonna break like why would you show that otherwise just show like Garner being like, I got you or just like holding a button and them going up. Why zoom in on the thing if you don't want to introduce it as a folly? Like it doesn't make I sense mean, to me. I agree. That is bad writing. Um, but no, I did not expect the cable to break because <laughs> I knew there were only a few minutes left in the episode. <laughs> well, I thought they were just like break and then they would do the Baywatch thing of like they stumble once and then Mitch saves them in like three seconds uh, flat and then they cut to the next thing. Or the rope sure. breaks and Hudson falls down and dies, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Ideal ending. Yeah. Uh, but once once they get Hudson back up on solid land, uh, Gardner realizes that he can open the chain around his neck with the key from Hudson's key ring, so that means that Je- Jesse was almost killed by Hudson, so he arrests Hudson. 
Um, it's it's very convoluted, and the writers definitely realized they had written themselves into a corner. But they um, they couldn't use whiteout, so they didn't want mm-hmm. to whiteout any of the script. They're just like, we're just going to roll it. Yeah. The only way uh, that it could have been any way close to like they were written into a corner is if the eagles from like Lord of the Rings came in and saved them. That's how <laughs> into a corner they were. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, this episode only has hawks. <laughs> Just box. Oh, I. <laughs> um, after this, we get another Guido scene where he's pretending to be engaged to CJ, who is playing along for some reason. And this fool's Mel, but Tina uh, is very mad that Guido is engaged and chases him off. Um, which, God, I hated this plot line. It was, uh, it was very stupid. And also, um, uh, I felt very bad for some reason for Pamela Anderson to have to kiss Buzz Belmondo on the mouth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm like, oh no, Pam. Like, because I've grown to actually really enjoy Pam Anderson in this. And I'm like, oh, this is your low point so far. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no offense to Buzz Belmondo. I, I'm I'm sure he has I'm sure he's a sweet guy, but man, this character Guido, I really don't like him. I, I don't like him at all. Uh, no. I I think literally Morgan and I are the only people who've ever said anything about <laughs> Guido because everyone hates him. I will say I did not love him in this episode. No. No, we loved him um, in the last the last two times. Yeah. Uh, this is only his second appearance as Guido. What? No. No. Yeah. What? The only other one before this was when he's the janitor who gets promoted to be the maintenance engineer or whatever the fuck. No. He's... No. Hold on. I'm pretty sure. Okay, wait. So, last episode was Showdown at Malibu High. Yes. Okay, so no Guido there. Right, and then before that was, was peer pressure. Was peer pressure, no Guido in that. Holy shit! What okay. are you looking for? Which episodes he was in? Yeah, he was in Rookie of the Year, War yeah. of Nerves, and the Fabulous Buchanan Boys. No, so he wasn't in those. So the last two he played. Uh, okay, he played different characters. Oh, he, played he plays a, different characters. Oh, that makes sense. He now. played so, an Italian chef. Named Vito, and they played a guy who sold uh, bikinis that uh, fade away in water. Yes. Eduardo. Yes. Yes. Okay, so there was only one other episode before Point Doom that he actually played as Guido, and that was Rookie of the Year. That was it. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Wow, I, I guess I just have a lot of trauma. <laughs> that's not even, like, related to the show. That's just a joke. <laughs> Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Um, But, yeah, after we finally get done with Guido for this episode, uh, Matt has carried Jesse out to a picnic on the beach for breakfast and it's sunrise. um, And they flirt a little bit about how this is the best restaurant with the best views and we didn't even have to wait to be seated. Um and Jesse's like, I have to go home to take care of some stuff, but don't worry, I'll be back. 
And then they make out on the blanket in the sunrise. It's very weird and, because she said she has to go back home to Seattle. And I'm like, nobody wanted to be in Seattle in 92. <laughs> <laughs> you you're not from here. No one would write you as being from Seattle. It's not cool yet. <laughs> Sleepless in um, Seattle hadn't been a thing yet. So we weren't cool yet. Yeah, Frasier wasn't a thing yet, right? I don't think so, and neither was um, Nirvana. I don't think even. No, Nirvana. No. Oh no, they were a thing. Never mind. Never they mind. Were a they thing. come out a year earlier, uh, but like, it wasn't cool enough yet. So Frasier started in '93, and I think that's when really it got super popular. Mm. So uh, yeah, uh, like no, she wouldn't have been in Seattle. You would have gone back to Seattle and been like, I'm gonna start a grunge band, but she's not grunge. She's um, Jesse's butt. A rockabilly? I don't fucking know what she <laughs> listens to. It's not a plot point in this episode, but it's not grunge. I'll tell you that. She listens to Jesse's yeah. bike. Mm-hmm. Jesse's <laughs> bike. <laughs> Jesse uh, will be back. She has to and, go home to Seattle. And she's not even coming back for Matt. That was implied later, but she said initially that she was just coming back for the bike. Yeah, well, it's just, she's flirting. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, no, she comes She comes back. Uh, oh, does she? Season. Okay. Nice. Ooh. <laughs> I thought I thought she was good. Um, yeah. I mean, but now this is the point at which I was surprised that this was not the end of the episode, and I checked the episode length, and there was five more minutes. And I was like, what in the actual fuck? Because I had forgotten that we still have to do the entire lifeguard race montage. Um... And you so want to know Stephanie about, about the song in this montage. Oh boy! So I will just briefly describe my song, uh, and then you can give me info on it. Uh, mine was uh, what if um, what if like Rage Against the Machine, um, but done by a bunch of dads on a very low budget. Oh, I want um, that. That sounds so good. <laughs> it was so bad. So you're just describing. Limp Biscuit. It, uh, it made Limp Biscuit sound good. Whoa. <laughs> you made Fred <laughs> Durst sound good? Man. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, um, so yeah, tell me tell me about the music in the other versions. So this one, uh, there's it's not in the original version as far as I know. There's no oh. real original song that I could find. Um, but in our version, we have a song by my favorite of our Baywatch songwriter, Sean McHugh. And he makes a song. Mm. You're gonna make it. And Andrew, could you please read, sing, whatever you want to these lyrics? I knew it was coming. Uh, feel this emotion run. It's the same tune. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're asking me to do karaoke for the first time ever on a podcast. You can do a different tune. I'm pretty With no backing song. track. <laughs> I'm sure you like I don't know have listened to you okay so Andrew I've been on Andrew's case for years about this he has the same playlist that he's made 10 years 10 years ago they will not update 15 uh, 15 <laughs> oh my god it's basically like some Red Hot Chili Pepper songs uh, and then like I, I, f- who cares what else is in it? it it's old. <laughs> it's fucking. And I, every time I hang out with Andrew, I hear the exact same fucking playlist. So I've I, got I MF Doom on there now, so you're oh, welcome. I'm sorry, you got MF Doom. Even though the song <laughs> that you have from MF Doom is from 2001, so still. 
Um, it still slaps. Fight me. I mean, it is. Yeah, it slaps because it's MF Doom. But like, you know, other tunes. I do. That doesn't mean I can sing worth a damn. Okay. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, for it. Uh, Feel this emotion running for your life. Keep in motion, you're gonna make it. Release your power, now your pressure's on. Steal your finest hour, you're gonna make it. There's no easy way around to get this thing off the ground. There's no easy way around. It'll sure feel good to get this thing off the ground. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. So what what is he getting off the ground? I have not a clue. Is it a plane? Is it love? Is it a dick? Jesse's bike going off the side of the cliff. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's my only guess. That's all I got for it. It's so we we should add. By the way, this this montage is because so Stephanie and Mitch are doing their their thing and Stephanie act well, not actually but says, oh, yeah, or Numi is reading the results, and Numi says, oh, yeah, Stephanie's time is 14 minutes and 41 seconds. And, and uh, Garner tells Mitch, you have to win. You can't let the entire gender of men lose. <laughs> and so this is like the hype song. You're going to make it. It sure feel good to get this thing off the ground. But it doesn't make any sense what that is. I'm I'm legitimately lost. I have no clue. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a good song. It sounds good. Instrumentally. Um, And now you don't have to say that just because I sang it. (laughs) No, you ruined it. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) It feels like an extension of the last song, which was 18 minutes long. Uh, But anyways... Mm -hmm. Mitch does his thing, and then they read Mitch's times. Mm-hmm. And they're they're slower than Stephanie's, and Stephanie gloats about it. And then they all get behind Mitch and say, gotcha! And then we get the fucking weirdest freeze frame of all time. His facial expression is just, ugh, just so fucking good. I actually posted a picture here um, of that. Mm-hmm. Up a little bit. It's great. We... I think it should be the episode picture. Um, oh, totally. It really should be. It's great. We can we can do that. We have the technology. I, I briefly considered posting an Instagram as a hashtag, the face I make when pooping, but uh, <laughs> I didn't just because I was like, mm, I've done one of those two recently. I'm not going to do it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's point doom. We have we have gotten to the end. Well, then, uh, in that case, uh on a scale of one to ten, where one is discovering that love is dead, and ten is discovering that you have a gold prospecting forty nine year uncle who left you a gold boot in his will, uh, Andrew, where would you rate this episode? How would you rate it? Oh, that's a big ask, right there. Um, <laughs> com- com- okay, so it being my first time watching Baywatch in general, it it's just as I expected a show from the 80s and 90s to be, and it just has as much boobs and ass in it as I was expecting it to be. And Mm -hmm. just, it was, I'll give it a, I'll give it a four, maybe a three because of the Guido scenes. That's, it's, it's pretty low on there. 
And what would you describe the experience of a three as? Uh, mm, I know. Come back to me. Hard one. Come back to me on that one. Come back to me on that one. (laughs) Uh, It's about the feeling of uh, having a chain thrown into the axle of your bike. Ooh, that's all right. Damn, that's pretty bad. Minus going off the cliff. Oh well, I mean, oh, okay. going out the cliff would probably be a one. I yeah, think, that's that's like dying. That that's, yeah. that's why I had to correct it's it. Like, it's like this it's sounds like, like a one suddenly, but let's make like, it a little bit more <laughs> tolerable. It's like a three is dying, but a one is public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, um, what about you? Yeah, as for me, I you know I thought this episode was kind of fun uh, by Baywatch standards. Um, it kept moving for the most part. Uh, it didn't feel super fillery for the most part. Um, the motorcycle racing was kind of a fun thing that we haven't seen before. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to give this episode a seven. Um, and I am going to say that a seven is the experience of, um, trading your bike in for a brand new bike, uh, but the only problem is it's a Ninja 250, and it's actually kind of a downgrade, but you don't know enough about bikes to even know that, so you're just excited because it looks sportier. Okay, that is way more reasonable than I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael, Michael, what's your rating? Mm, I'm going to give it a six. I, I do think it's fun for Baywatch standards. Like, yeah, it's, it's horrible. Like, whatever. But it's fun yeah. for Baywatch. Um <laughs> And you know what? Like, it wasn't offensive, which is mm-hmm. always, unfortunately, something we have to say. Um, yes. Luckily, has it been so much so in season three, other than one episode. Yeah, we're just down to the passive male gaze in every single episode. Which, look, that's like basically what season one was, so that's okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was fun, and you know, it had a storyline. It wasn't the greatest, but... It was a little bit better than average. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. So I say a six. And a six is the experience of, okay, so uh, it's my, my one wrestling reference for the episode. So okay. uh, back in, I'm, what? I, I'm pretty sure that's not true. I'm pretty sure you made a wrestling reference earlier in this no, episode. No, I just, I just but said it's okay. is. <laughs> he's reference. he's made multiple, I think, and we just didn't realize it. child. In two thousand three, Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. came back to wrestling, and the storyline was he's wrestling, and then Vince McMahon is like, "I fucking hate you." Uh, so he's like, "You're banned from this show," and Hulk Hogan's like, "No, brother, no." Um, so instead, he comes back as a guy called Mister America who's just Hulk Hogan, but he has a mask with a giant star on it. Um, sure. And he's like, I'm Mr. America, brother. And Vince McMahon goes, I'm not stupid. You're Hulk Hogan. No, I'm not, brother. Jack. Gonna do my pose <laughs> now. What you gonna do, brother, when Mr. America runs wild on you? And Vince goes, you all see this shit, right? Like, this is, this is fucking Hulk Hogan. Like, the, he's not fooling anybody. Um, 
And all the people who work for him go, I don't know. That seems like Mr. America. That's He says he's Mr. America, so he can't be Hulk Hogan. So Vince McMahon is like, I'm going to prove it to all of you. I'm going to get a lie detector test, and I'm going to prove it's Hulk Hogan. So he what? has his daughter test it, and they're like, okay, is your name Stephanie? And she's like, yes. And they're like, oh, that's true. Uh, Stephanie, uh, have you lied on your taxes? And she goes, well, that's good enough. I'm not going to test this anymore. So, it's, <laughs> so they don't know if it's actually a good lie detector. So they bring out Mr. America. They sit down and they attach the lie detector to him. And they have a screen that shows like a seismograph. <laughs> uh, and so every time he says, they're like, um, it's like, where are we? And he goes, we're in New York City, brother. And they have a sound that goes ding uh, to show that it's correct. Um, and it's just mm-hmm. like these lines are going whatever. Um, and so uh, they're asking him all these questions. You, you get a baseline when you're doing a lie detector test, right? That way you know right. when something's false. So Vince McMahon doesn't really know how a lie detector works. So he's just shouting at the guy <laughs> in this room going, why are you asking him all these stupid questions? Ask him the question. Ask him the question. Um, so they're like, okay, fine, fine. Mr. America, are you Hulk Hogan? And he goes, I'm going to need some water, brother. And Vincent Man goes, here, have all the water. It's not true serum. It's water. Um, so he gives him the water. He drinks it. He goes, oh, thanks, brother. And he goes, he's saying brother. It's Hulk Hogan. He goes, oh, I don't know about that. So they ask him again. And they go, Mr. America, are you Hulk Hogan? He goes, no. And it goes, ding. And Vincent Man goes, well, that can't be right. Are you Hulk Hogan? No. Ding. And he goes, He's Hulk Hogan, he's Hulk Hogan, he's Hulk Hogan. He goes, no, no, no. And he goes, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> right? Um, so then Vince McMahon goes, well, this is stupid. Anybody could rig this. This is wrong. Hook me up. So they hook him up. And they go, are you Vince Vincent McMahon? He goes, yes. And he goes, ding. And he goes, uh, and then uh, Hulk Hogan takes him back. He goes, are you the most perverted man on the planet? He goes, no. And he goes, Argh. <laughs> what? No. Goes, are you the sorriest son of a bitch who's ever lived? He goes, no. And he goes, Err. and he goes, I am? And he goes, ding. <laughs> uh, and they just keep on doing that. And you're like, does your whole family hate you? And he goes, no, my whole family loves me. Err. And so it just goes on for like two or three minutes. For Vince McMahon, it's like, well, fuck this. This is stupid. So during this whole thing, uh, there is... Okay, so this part's the you thought that was wild, the wild part. No, the wild part is that there's this guy named Zach Gowan who is uh, one legged and still a little pro wrestler. Um, so Vince Hell yeah. start shouting at Zach Gowan uh, foot puns. Um, and uh, what? <laughs> yes, so then Zach Gowan jumps the barricade and like attacks Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is like, this is stupid. And he, he leaves backstage and finds out his limo has been impounded because he parked it in the handicap space. Uh, so then he just decides to get into the limo anyways as it's attached to the tow truck. And then Zach Gallon comes by and goes, you can't park here. And then, Vince, then the car starts being towed away and Vince McMahon goes, stop this car. Somebody stop this car. You can't do this to me. While the one-legged wrestler goes, ha, 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 ha. Um, and so a six is the experience of uh, discovering that uh, Hulk Hogan is working for you, but also that you banned him from your show and you think he's a man named Mr. America who's all about America. Um, but you want to prove that he's Hulk Hogan and you can't. 
<laughs> Sounds like a six to me. Yeah. In fact, later <laughs> for you, Andrew and Morgan, I have a video for you of this. It's like five minutes long or something. And it's great. I'll show it to you. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but with that really long um, tangent out of the way, uh, Morgan, would you like to know about our next episode? Yes, please. Okay. Because our next episode is another guest episode. Um, mm-hmm. And it's called Princess of Tides. Uh, and in fact, this was uh, <laughs> four different people asked to do this episode. Um, oh, wow. And we couldn't have all of them do it. So only one person is doing it. But everyone saw this one was like, I want this one. Um, and a little spoiler for you. It's directed by Parker Stevenson, who played Craig. Um, oh. Yes. And the plot is CJ. Oh, this is first the Baywatch wiki description. The wiki feat of Baywatch. Um, CJ is almost run over in a race, causing Mitch and Numi to finish. Businessman John Lewiston is engaged to the beautiful Princess Catherine, but her ruthless bodyguard Roland kidnaps her. Okay. 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 Now let's let's read the IMDB description. Catherine is a royal princess who longs to get away for just one day from her pampered life. So she jumps off her father's yacht and ends up being rescued by Mitch, who, oblivious to her true identity, shows Princess Catherine around town. But Catherine is also oblivious to the fact that she is the target of two assassins out to kidnap her. While Mitch and Numi are, are tra- in training on her motorboat personally designed by Ben for a high-speed boat uh, for a high-speed boat tournament that Catherine's snobbish self-serving fiance is sponsoring as well as racing in. Hmm. Yeah, it's a kind of a weird plot. Yeah, should be an interesting one. Yeah, you guys well, are in for a wild ride. We. We're, I have no pun here. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you spent too much time around Morgan and I. Well, no, yeah, I should be able to come up with a pun because of that, but I'm not. Um, yeah. Uh, Andrew, before we 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 uh, go to our outro. Yes. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? No is also an OK no i really got nothing to plug except uh, <laughs> Damn it. Um, except plug except, except no no it's not really a plug for any like product or anything like that it's just more like i know my mom is gonna hear this and i know she might have heard us talking about her i love you mom i hope you really enjoy this and erica i really hope you uh, enjoy my first like karaoke i've ever done on a podcast <laughs> I also want to say hi to Terry. Terry, I will be there at Christmas, and I will say that your son is a disgrace to all Italian Americans. <laughs> okay, Michael. All right, hold on, hold up a second, hold up a second. You don't get to say we're a disgrace. We buy Costco like frozen lasagna. We already are. I just mean you specifically. No, Terry's great, and your brother is also a great example of Italian Americans. It's just you that's a, like a shame. That's fine. <laughs> well, while we're talking about disgraces to Italian Americans, have have both of you heard about the new guidelines from the FDA that are saying 
that there's been enough contamination of Italian meat products recently that you are supposed to steam all of your cured Italian meat products to at least 165 degrees Fahrenheit. What? Um, what? Because apparently we're all supposed to be fucking steaming our prosciutto to 165 degrees Fahrenheit, and there's not a fucking chance in hell I'm doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> this doesn't. Because of, of what? Like why? There was like enough like contamination shit. Recently, like like people getting food poisoning. Oh, wow! It does not help that our entire fridge has a bunch of like cured meats in it for like Erica's birthday that we received. So steaming up some Italian meats sounds like we're doing that for the next week. Maybe (laughs) that you know, like there's all this contamination, but Italian Americans are immune to the contamination. It's just everyone else that needs to worry. I mean, listen, I'm not steaming him, so I better have that fucking uh, Italian-American protection. But don't you want... Oh, shit, you've never watched Simpsons. That's right. Fuck. Yeah. I was going to do the steam ham, steam clams. I I mean, I know that bit. Oh, okay. Well, now I've wasted it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's been two major salmonella outbreaks, so the CDC is now recommending that people heat all their Italian-style meats to an internal temperature of 165 degrees Fahrenheit... Or until steaming hot. Did you see the, um, the, the subheading here, which is, it'll be a cold day in hell before I heat my gabagool? Yes, I sure <laughs> fucking did. <laughs> I, I, I can't not laugh at gabagool. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's gabagool. Eh? God. Eh? Uh. Um, but we're, we're running long, so... Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for subjecting yourself to an episode of Baywatch and then also subjecting yourself to an episode of this podcast. We are so glad you could have you could come on and you are absolutely welcome back anytime. Thank you for allowing me to completely destroy the ears of many of your podcast listeners with my absolute horrid singing. Nobody listen. Nobody listens to this podcast. What are you talking about? Okay. Uh, and like, honestly, That's if joke. their ears are still intact by by this point, I don't know what to tell them. Like, clearly, they haven't been listening close enough. <laughs> this podcast, we're two men. We're two men. Uh, thank you all so much for listening Good to this year. episode of Baywatch Rookie School. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I am at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnit. S n o t s n i t. We'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. And gabagool. <laughs> hey, hey, that's a gabagool. spicy steamed prosciutto. Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs>